Hi, Eric. How are you? How, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm good. How about you? How about you? I'm phenomenal. I'm happy to have you on here. I've done some research and I want to say, I want to say congratulations on your journey of life um, for discovering your highest and truest self and for overcoming all the things you have and the things you still continue to go through. And uh, I just think you're powerful. And um, it's, this is an exciting interview for me because it's like, I just know you got a lot of wisdom nuggets that you're going to add to this conversation. So just want to talk about everything and uh, really get to know Scout Sobel, SS, baby, Scout's uh -huh. Agency. Thank and you, shout out to you, Listen, everyone, shout out to Scout's Agency. <laughs> uh, it's a PR firm dedicated to women, right, in business yep. or entrepreneurs. Yep. And I've probably had five interviews or more from your agency, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, we were on our uh, team call this morning, and I was like, I'm finally talking to Eric, and everybody was so excited about it. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's beautiful. I have so many questions. Before we get into the details of you and your life, I want to start with Rapid Fire. Mm -hmm. So the thing with Rapid Fire, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just whatever the unconscious mind comes to for you in the moment. Um, so are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Uh, love or happiness? Love. Money or success? Success. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard one, Eric. I know, That's a I hard know. one, Eric. Oy. Yeah. Um, women empowerment or phenomenal women? Women empowerment. Uh Okay, sis podcast or scouts podcast? Okay, sis podcast. <laughs> only, only because my sister would kill me, and I think her boyfriend's listening, and I don't need to deal with that later on. So we'll say okay, sis. Perfect, perfect. Well, there you go. Now we started. We opened up the floodgates of it's time for the real deal, Holyfield. Um, yeah. So to the audience, to people who don't know you, uh, Scouts is uh, entrepreneur. Uh, she's a best-selling author of the, the Emotional Entrepreneur book. We're going to talk about that. She's the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a PR firm dedicated to helping women um, it, it enhance their platform and their business. Uh, she's a mental health advocate and, and everything else. She's just powerful. Um, let's start with um, the agency. Let's, let's start there before we dive into the personal stuff. What was the intentions behind starting Scout's agency and what was the turning point and what got you to that um, mode to start up your own PR firm? Yeah, so I started Scout's agency over two and a half years ago, February of 2019. And to be honest, Eric, I've never thought of anything less. Literally, I created this media kit. I sent out a thousand cold emails to women to gain clients, but it started because I started OKSIS podcast and fell in love with the podcast medium. And I saw what OKSIS was doing for me and my sister's network, for the women that we were talking to, for the community that we were building. And so I recognized podcasting as a really beautiful form of PR. And I've always kind of been in the female space, you know, OKSIS, we only interview women, et cetera. And at the time I was working for my mother, which um, as someone who feels 
as if entrepreneurship is really the only avenue. Working for my mom was the next best bet. But I really wanted to get back into being my own boss. I had a couple entrepreneurial dips, ebbs, flows, projects, et cetera, over the years. And I just thought that I would help other women get their voice out there through podcasts. But I didn't really, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't think it through. I don't come from agency experience. I have never ever done PR. I've never worked in a client service-based industry before. And I just had this media kit. I followed an energy within. I followed this intuitive gut. I couldn't think of anything else other than my agency. And so I sent out a thousand emails in, I think one or two days, Gmail blocked me because they thought I was spam. I opened a second email, which was a total shit show because I had two emails for a year. And, you know, six months later, I had a roster of 10, was bringing on another employee, signed an office lease, et cetera. And so I really just followed the energy, followed the success Um, from what I lacked in experience, I made up in hours and time and work. And so here we are today, we have a team, there's five of us full time, we represented women like Jessica Zweig, Rebecca Minkoff, Kat Sadler, Natalia Benson, it goes on and on and on. But it started with very little foresight and planning. Wow, I mean, that's, I think that's a a prime example of following that internal guiding system, that Mm -hmm. gut feeling, that intuition that epiphany that comes through that you channel and you don't know where it came from. You don't know how, there's no logical sense, no practicality. You just know, look, I have an idea. I have to take action. It feels right. And I'm gonna do it. I always say he or she who feels it knows it. And um, honestly, Mm -hmm. the women that work within your company, they're very consistent, persistent. And at one point I felt bad because I'm like, man, I can't get back to them in time. I have so much going on. But there's such a, uh, av- you know, avenue of, of help, but also assets in my world because they're finding people to interview like yourself, and it's it's beautiful. And congratulations, two years in, um, you should give yourself a big hug and a round of applause because, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, it's not easy. Um, it's a lot of work, uh, a lot of, a lot of just moments that you can't explain. You just can only. endure it, try to understand it. It's a lot of work um, with little results sometimes. So can we talk about entrepreneurship and what does it mean to you to be not only an entrepreneur, but the emotional entrepreneur? Can you kind of give a definition of that? Because then we'll segue right into the book. Yeah, I found entrepreneurship when I was 22 years old. And it was the biggest surprise of my life. Because at that point, I dropped out of college after receiving a bipolar disorder diagnosis. I could not hold a minimum wage job. I tried to be a gelato scooper, a hostess. I tried to intern at a magazine, et cetera. I moved back in with my mom. And I was in a really dark space. There was a lot of talks about what avenue in society I was going to be able to walk down successfully. And... I, through a bunch of healing, et cetera, I obviously had a team of therapists and psychiatrists, but I went through outpatient and inpatient, et cetera. I was sitting at a coffee shop with my friend and I was flipping through a magazine and I looked at her and I said, do you want to start a magazine? I don't know where it came from. I don't know who planted that into my mind. And she said, yes. And so there we just decided it would be an arts and crafts project. We would 
print it at Kinko's, take all the photos with disposable cameras, like pass it out to the friends. But something in my mind completely shifted. I went home and I started researching the top printers. I got the domain, the email address, Instagram was like two years old, the Instagram handle, et cetera. And suddenly I had a meeting with all the top printers in a 30 mile radius. I got a quote for $10,000. I launched a Kickstarter campaign and that magazine had a three issue run. The third Barnes and Noble reached out to me to sell in all their locations. And we had the musician Halsey on the cover. And so suddenly I went from the mentally ill college dropout to pursuing something that lit my soul up. So when I found entrepreneurship, I recognized that it worked so beautifully in my mind because my bipolar disorder, I was very, very used to high highs, low lows. That is entrepreneurship. But for the first, I don't know, let's say six years of my entrepreneurial journey, it wasn't financially working for me. I tried the magazine, I tried a digital media site, I tried a blog, a social media agency for like three months, et cetera. And so I was just tasting things. I was trying things out. And in that, when I finally started Scouts Agency, that was kind of my goal. I was like, okay, listen, I have dabbled into so many different projects. I need this one to be financially viable. And when that started happening very quickly in, I was taken aback at how emotionally difficult it was. I had been in therapy, I have been in therapy since I was 14. And I was like, holy shit, if I don't get this together right now, my business is gonna swallow me whole. My people pleasing tendencies, my handle on my anxiety, uh, my handle with uncertainty, fear, etc. And so actually, my business became the most beautiful personal development tool. And that's why I say that I'm the emotional entrepreneur because the reason I'm successful in business today, sure, we can talk strategy and P&Ls and pricing and marketing, but the reason I'm successful is because I can emotionally handle those high highs and low lows. I'm sure if any of my women in my mastermind are here, <laughs> they like heard me exploding crying the other day. But overall, it's my ability, and I think it's all of our abilities to handle our emotions that makes us successful entrepreneurs. That's beautiful. So what is a, what is a, a perfect way? I, just, I guess there's no perfect way. What's the best way to deal with those high highs and those low lows as an entrepreneur emotionally? What is mm -hmm. your recommendation or your intentions for someone out there that's an entrepreneur? Because I have a business that, you know, I transitioned to, you know, coaching, and it's different. It's not like the fitness business. It's not like the entertainment business. And it's a lot of back-end uh, email marketing, right? Cold emailing, mm -hmm. um, creating products. And it is overwhelming and it is frustrating. And sometimes you don't know, like, am I doing? Is this right what I'm doing? I don't see anything. But mm -hmm. it's a lot going on. It just You just don't see it the way you want to see it. So what some tips that or tricks that you can give people to kind of deal with the uh, role of an entrepreneur trying to run a business? The main thing for me that I always come back to in moments that feel very extreme and overwhelming, um, which we all have them. So if you're an entrepreneur listening and you think you're the only one that exploded crying the other day and had to take a walk around the block, you're not. That happened to me two days ago. I have to come back and I do come back to the belief that I have wired into my brain so significantly that I am safe in my emotions that my emotions are beautiful guiding forces, mentors, warning signs, guides, directions, instructions towards what I'm doing. 
I also have to unconditionally accept that I am a human who will feel the breadth of human emotion and experience, mm. which means that sadness, stress, anxiety, grief, loss, anger, etc., will come to me no matter how aligned I am in my life, will come to me no matter how strong I stand in my power, no matter, you know, I could stand here today and say, and it's true, I am living my purpose, I'm living my dream, I have never felt stronger and powerful, and I still feel anxiety and uncomfortable moments throughout my day. So it's accepting and not trying to get rid of these emotional experiences that I feel suits you up for when they come, you can ground yourself and remind yourself that you're safe, that they will pass, and when they do pass, go back and wonder, why did that happen? Why did I, I was thinking about it the other day, something happened and it tips me over the edge. And my emotion took over me so significantly that I opened up my phone, I went to Voxer and I started venting to my mastermind of women. And it was almost this automatic, like I didn't even have control of the steps, right? And I thought to myself, how did I get to a point where my emotions overrided me that much? And what are they trying to tell me in that moment? And that way you can reflect, become self-aware and help prevent complete outbursts and create kind of systems and structures and support around you so that you can feel your emotions, but that they don't overtake you and take you down. And that's powerful. I want to kind of uh, make, you know, very, I think it should be a mantra. Maybe it's coming from you. Scout soul. Listen to this. She said, the first answer to the question was, I am safe in my emotions. That's my mantra. People listening. I am safe in my emotions. Mm -hmm. I, that's a must do when you're going through the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship because let me tell you something three months ago when i was starting my coaching business and i was putting out so much content and absorbing so much energy i was stressed the f out mm -hmm. stressed because i'm like i don't see anything i took a step back and i got back into it and i said e it's okay it's working it's just not working on your time mm -hmm. but i'm safe in my emotions <laughs> exactly. I was reading a quote the other day and it said, I don't care how many books you read, how many seminars you go to, how much alignment you think you're in, how much money you're making, if you got the perfect relationship, you're still going to cry, you're still going to experience pain, you're still going to have struggle and setbacks, mm -hmm. and it, you're going to have hardships. It's all how you deal with it. And I just think for you, you mastered dealing with negative emotions the best way you know how. And it's not like you're dominating them and putting them, putting them out every time. You're just embracing them, you know, and uh, accepting them for what they are. Uh, but I did. I was going to get to that, but you spoke on it. So I was reading that you had your uh, first depressive uh, episode of uh, depression at the age of 14. And at 14 and at the age of 20, they diagnosed you with bipolar. So how did that make you feel? Did it make sense at the time? Did you feel bad? Like, what was those emotions of feeling something you have no understanding in, but then getting diagnosed with something that probably could have made you more certain, but maybe it didn't? How was that for you? When I was diagnosed, it was 10 years ago, 10 years ago this month, yeah. actually. And while that doesn't seem like that long ago, you know, I don't think Instagram was even really a thing. I think I got my first Instagram account like two months before that yeah. so the talk of mental health conversations like this hashtag self-care may mental health month etc were not mainstream conversations that were being had so when i found out that i was bipolar disorder i thought i was done i thought i was crazy for my life was over 
it was the scariest thing someone could tell me. You know, people weren't just going to therapy to go to therapy. You went to therapy if you had a mental illness. You got a coach if you had a very specific, you know, clinical problem, et cetera. And so, you know, I would walk down the aisles of Barnes and Noble in the self-help aisle and look over my shoulder to make sure no one saw me there because it was a very weird aisle. And now it's the most popular aisle, which is so amazing in the power of social media and coming out and talking about these issues. But when I was originally diagnosed, it was very scary. I immediately dropped out of college. I was on the next flight home. I went through, it got definitely got worse before it got better. I went through outpatient program. They locked me up in a 5150 a couple months later. So it was definitely, yeah, I, I get messages and DMs from girls who say I was just diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And if I didn't hear your story, I would also think that my life was over. But because of your example of you coming out and talking of you having a successful life, I'm not as scared. And it just fills me with so much joy because 10 years ago, to me, it was a death sentence. And today it's my biggest asset. It's my biggest strength. It's the biggest blessing God has ever given to me. And I think that's a testament of what putting in the work really does for you. Yeah. And your, your, your vulnerability and your, your truth has become your power. And it's yeah. amazing. Now I try to tell people like, don't think the stuff that make you weak or make you less is, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's a tool and it helps and it enhances your life and gives you more confidence and more faith and more favor and more grace and compassion because there's people that's going to listen to this discussion. There's people out there that's watching that might be experiencing those same emotions and you know, thoughts and feelings, but they don't know how to express themselves with someone like you will make them feel comfortable opening up in that space. So thank you for that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so when COVID happened, the pandemic, did any of those emotions or symptoms or things heighten for you? Uh, did it like trigger even more? Or were you at a point in your life where you knew how to kind of like put things in place and still thrive and survive in this world? emotionally, mentally, financially, whatever. Cause I don't know what it's like to feel those emotions or those things. How did you, how did you cope? Cause I meet a lot of people who come to me who have panic attacks, mm-hmm. anxiety attacks, and they don't know what to do. Um, you know, you try, oh, you should meditate or you should, you know, deeply breathe or what, how did, how do you cope with things of, you know, urgency or fear or, you know, the stuff was going on in the media, just people in general. Did that have an impact on you? I mean, of course it did, but I don't know. Yeah. It's so interesting because I did it. I resonated so much with, I listened to Glennon Doyle talk about her experience when the pandemic first hit. When the pandemic first hit, I was super chill. I was like, okay, this is my moment. Everyone around me is breaking down. Nobody knows how to feel this level of uncertainty. I have to show up and serve my community and those around me. So, of course, did I feel afraid, anxious, da da da, et cetera? Yes, of course, as we all did. But it was not, I look back at that time really fondly. I really understood what was happening in the world. I understood what the next couple months were going to be like. And so I use it as a time to really replenish, to pause, et cetera, and to it's really when I started talking about mental health more online because there were so many people who were all of a sudden feeling extreme emotions that I have been used to my whole life. And so I really saw it as a moment of, I get to show up and help support people through this moment. 
Glennon Doyle said the same thing. Her partner, Abby, was so confused why she was so calm. And Glennon's like, oh, yeah, no, all of my friends who have mental illnesses are the most calm they've ever been. Because now we're just looking at the rest of the world express uh, what we've been feeling internally for years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I combat fear and uncertainty, et cetera, with the idea that everything's uncertain. There yeah. is no guarantee ever, no. no matter what. And so I always keep coming back to the serenity prayer in moments like that, which is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that... Hey, hey. Yeah, <laughs> it, that prayer helps me every time because it allows me to release, you know, all of anything. I, I, I don't have control over the media narrative. I don't have control over, you know, all these things, especially in COVID. But what do I have control over? We have control over our mindset. We have control over our habits. We have control over our perspective. We have control over how we spend our days. And focusing in on that allows you to kind of ground back into the present moment. Yeah, I, I've noticed you, you spoke on prayer a lot in this, you know, God and spirituality. So in your mind, uh, what is prayer to you? What's the definition of prayer? Prayer is a conversation, sometimes just a feeling. Sometimes I think I can be in prayer and not necessarily have words coming out, but just kind of like, I guess, suppose a meditation. Um, it's a conversation I have with my higher power, which I communicate as God. You know, people call it many different things. I grew up Jewish and I still identify as Jewish, but it was a very culturally, um, it was more cultural versus religious. And through my healing, I've developed a relationship with God of my understanding. And so prayer is something I do every day in times of need and in times of joy and beauty. I think that talking to God and prayer in all aspects of your life, whether you're anxious, excited, joyful, et cetera, can just strengthen that relationship of a higher power, or at least looking at it as calling in your internal well of strength, a moment in, a moment inside that for me expands far beyond, you know, inside me. So it's something I, I do every single day. It's a connection that I tap into every single day. And it has been single-handedly one of the most powerful, uh, support systems and relationships that I have in my life. Yeah, prayer is, amen to that. Prayer has been such a vital uh, part of my life and my career, mm -hmm. my social, mental, emotional, and spiritual development. I remember times where 20 years old playing junior college basketball, I didn't feel like I was good enough or I was worthy mm -hmm. enough. And no, no basketball game, no car, no sneakers at the time could change how I felt. But when I went to prayer, Prayer always answered in mm -hmm. such a calm, um, calm peace, right? And it allowed me to kind of know that things are going to be be okay, even if they don't feel. And so I always, I pray a lot. You know, I might pray yeah. five times a day. I pray right before we got on this interview. Mm -hmm. um, for this interview, I pray that, you know, what we discuss and talk about, you know, travels and inspires, impact and motivate the people listening, watching because I always say it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me. Um, my purpose here is more than just what I can accumulate and what I can do, but it's about who I am, who I become, and what I give and what I leave. And I think what you're doing with Scouts Agency, um, your book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, Mental Health, all these things 
are connected to you being authentic about what you go through. And I think some of us run from our problems, our emotions, our truths, our fear, and you're a type of person who faces it and you, you, you push back, right? And by pushing back, that allows you to push up and get out and get into your own way, your higher self, your powerful self, and still experience those emotions and those setbacks and hardships, but be real about it and not feel like you're less of a person or you're not good enough. And so I just want to salute you on that. Uh, you. you had something in an article about uh, holistic healing modalities that mm -hmm. you uh, do. I don't know if prayer is part of that, but can you share some modalities, healing modalities that you use to this day on yeah. a basis? Yeah, so every single morning, the first thing I do, I grab my coffee, I sit down, and I journal for about 20 minutes, just brain dump. Yeah no yeah. prompts just go 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 and then i'll do like a 10 to 15 minute meditation uh moving my body is really healing i i know you're in the fitness community eric i um am not a worker outer i have never been a worker outer <laughs> myself. i i hate it i really really do but the minute i reframed it and found something that worked for me which is yeah. 10 to 15 minutes melissa wood pilates every day I call it moving my body and it's become this really sacred ritual and it's allowed me to get into the physical benefits and mental benefits. So moving my body, whether it's a 30 minute walk or a 15 minute Pilates session at home, uh, essential oils, I do grounding. I'll go outside, take my feet off and just put them on the grass without my phone, without my phone. Um, I put my phone away constantly. I think we need to unplug. I think the phone distracts and doesn't allow us time to really reflect with inward. Um, but then on a more kind of treatment basis, I do cupping and acupuncture pretty frequently and massage. So I really thought that massage was a very luxurious thing, et cetera, but it is actually a very healing physical practice as well that can really help move tension, anxiety, et cetera. So, um, but it is my non-negotiable that I go for cupping once a month. Wow. I've never tried cupping. Um <gasps> Yeah, I, I want to try it. I've done everything else from cryo to red light therapy to the beamer, uh, cold plunge. Uh, I've, I've done a lot, you know. Cupping is the best, but you have to go deep. Like, maybe do a few sessions so you can get there. But when I go in, I'm like, make it hurt. Because yeah. then you go into this meditative state that I can't oh, wow. even explain. Oh, I didn't know that that was a process of cupping. Yeah. Um, just speak on, um, you said you don't work out a lot or has never been a fan of it. You know, I posted something a few days ago on my page and I said, in these times more than ever, we need to be health conscious. Mm -hmm. I want to piggyback off of that because I think people think they got to be perfect. They got to yeah. go out and work out. They got to have the perfect shake, the best lunch and salad. Right. And so what you said was what I prefer people to do, to be mindful of it, to understand it. Just move your body. Right. Mm -hmm. It can be for five minutes. But intentionally, if you're saying for five minutes, I'm going to walk up this hill, I'm going to listen to an audio book, I'm going to drink some water and I'm going to do 20 jumping jacks. That's enough. If you do that three or four days a week, I promise you, your life is going to be different and you're going to think different and feel different. Right. A hundred percent. They say motion changes emotion. Right. Mm -hmm. When you move the energy the energy, the emotions in your body move. So cupping, massages, right? Even cryotherapy when you feel like your energy is moving, right? So walking, um, 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 yeah, just intentionally walking, power walking. 
exercising for 10 minutes. This, do, do jumping jacks. Like, we have to be mindful that we are in control of what we do and how we feel, right? But if we don't have the information to change the situation, we can't change how we feel, what we focus on, or how we perceive what fitness, being healthy, um, or choice is. We yeah. don't have to let the TV, the news, um, the fitness experts choose for us. We choose for ourselves. Like, yeah, you, you know, you, it's so true. I would try to get myself to F45 and spin class, and it was too much one for my body. I was so exhausted, and it burns out after two times. And so I never had consistency with it that made it. And so then I developed this belief system that I'm just not athletic. I'm not someone who moves her body. Until I took that pressure off to get to an hour intense class, I found a very specific practice that fuels me so much. And, you know, sometimes I do 30 minutes of Pilates and I'm stoked, but at least 10 minutes is my, is my goal for every single day. And with that, I have found, because I think that I, for so long, I was so caught up in my emotions. I didn't understand the, the physical body and how many, how the body carries codes of wisdom towards our healing. So I nourish myself properly with food. I work out in the way that best suits my body. And it's about finding that wellness lifestyle for your physical self to support your mental health. Wow. That's a, that's a slogan, you know, physical health for your mental health. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, and it's so simple, but as people, sometimes we make things complex because we don't have the information to make sense. I was telling someone the other day, I said, sometimes when someone's giving you something that's so good and so real, the only thing you have to label it as is the information you have. So if a person is constantly giving to me and, and like overwhelming me with love and joy, if I only say, the only words that I can come up with is, I love you, it's not because I'm in love, but maybe that's all I can think of. Mm -hmm. But that person is just a person who gives, who cares, and wants to help like you do. And it's interesting how something that was painful for you turned into purpose and power for you, right? Yeah. Turned your pain into power, which gave you purpose to help other people help themselves, not only in business, with your agency, but we individually. And I think as people, we all got to come to some type of point and say, what do I have, good or bad, that I can use as an asset and value to the world we live in? Because everyone is not good at everything. <laughs> you know, there's certain things I'm not great at. You know? Yeah, and, me and too. And so I try to tell people when you can own your good and your bad and your real emotions, your insecurities, your dark sh side, your shadow self, then you feel like a complete person. Because I don't care, you know, people, some people are political, some people are rational, irrational. At the end of the day, if everybody was on the same wave, if everybody thought the same things, we wouldn't have life. Right? Amen. I, I don't know if you heard of something called systems theory. I don't know if you heard of systems theory. No. So, so basically it goes, say for instance, there's a couple, right? And they have a child. So the, the woman is more like cautious. Like, babe, you need to like watch him and he, he, he might get sick, get him away from the dirt. And then, you know, the man be like, who lays a fair? Like, he's more like, babe, he's a, he's a boy. He's fine. Relax, right? So now that duality is like the system's going, but you got to have, you can't have both parents on the same thing, then there's no equilibrium of, mm. right? So the system theory works best when both parents are able to kind of tap into 
the, the dad or the, the man to be on a cautious side at some point, and then the mom to be in a laissez-faire, right? Then you have balance. Um, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she's uber successful, powerful, and she has a daughter. She's a millionaire. She does well in life. But she said, my daughter, she just doesn't work hard, and she doesn't, she's not as hungry as I want her to be. And I said, so why do you think that? She's like, you know what? I think because when it came to love and support and things, she never had to look for it. It was always there. She mm -hmm. said, in my life, it wasn't there. I was beaten verbally and physically by family members. Um, I was somewhat, you know, poor, but that challenged me to grow and evolve. So I was just like, damn, that's the duality. That's the balance and people that some people might not have what you have, but that's, that's great. Because yeah. then they have a perspective you might need. And so what I'm saying is, is that I, I love your story and your message so much because I think a lot of people have been through some of the things you discussed, but they don't talk about it because they see it as a negative, right? They see it as a liability when really it's an asset because it's like, really? How did you? And so it's just beautiful when we can just, you know, tell our stories and, you know, be ourselves. Mm. And, just be that powerful individual like you are and I, the emotional entrepreneur, you know? I love that theory because I think we are, we are trying to fit everybody into our perspective, our way of life, et cetera. But you're right. There is so much beauty. You know, that woman's daughter might one day recognize the support that she had and she might go help others to have the same support she did. And therefore, like all of our human experiences from our childhood, et cetera, if we choose to see them, they can become our purpose and move us towards to create greatness in this world, whether it's because of your good fortune, whether it's because of trauma, whether it's because of love or you know loss, et cetera, whatever it is, you're so right that our individual perspectives, if we, if we get the encouragement and the support to put it out there in the world, will help so many other people move forward. Yeah, and it's, you know, my mom would tell me, she told me uh, at a young age, she's like, you can tell your story too soon. And I was like, Mom, I hear you, but at some point you have to tell your story. Yeah. So book by Peter Gerber, he owns like the Dodgers, LA Football Club, he's big time Sony guy back in the day. It's called uh, Tell Your Story to Win. So basically in the book, they have a bunch of stories that were told but actually won them in life, you know? So sometimes your story... I think most times your story is your yeah. great gift, right? Yeah, I like agree. My, my childhood, not having the support and love I wanted from my family, made me support and love everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. Show up for people, right? The downside was that I didn't know how to show up for myself. And so I had people who had family members show up for them because that was normal for them. Mm -hmm. So then I learned how to like, oh, that's what taking care of yourself looks like. Oh, that's what loving yourself looks like. I know how to love people, Oh, that's what being selfish is. I had a negative connotation to being selfish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. perspective. We give we give things meaning, and I think it's just it's the human experience in life is such a trip and journey <laughs> that it is so much uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going. We think we do, but yeah. life is what we make it, and and it's just beautiful where you can be yourself and accept your flaws and your goodness and say, you know what. I love me. I like the body I'm in. I like the mind I have. I'm all right. And that's why I think affirmations are so great, you know, because so you got to honestly affirm that no matter what, 
We're good. I yeah. enjoy this conversation with you. I enjoy being on this IG Live in this moment. Because I think I was listening to Joe Lowe's thing this morning about slowing down and enjoying the journey. So say, for instance, you might have, uh, uh, you know, coworkers or a love mate, right? You might love them and care about them, but you don't enjoy them. Because uh, that's so good. That's, you know? That's, yeah, that's really good. And I think that, that that so often plays out, especially in long-term relationships. You know, I've, I've been with my husband for nine years. Or my sister, who I've obviously known for her whole life, et cetera. We love them, but because we love them and because they're so integral parts with everything, our houses, our jobs, et cetera, we forget to enjoy them because they become just the second nature thing that's always next to you. Yeah, and when you learn, when you come from a place of enjoyment, you're, mm -hmm. you're dealing with them and learning them in a different tone and angle where... I, I have friends, you know, as a couple, they're fighting over what's right and what's wrong. And I say, look, I hear you. That's actually good that you got some challenges in your relationship. There's some adversity. But I said, just enjoy each other. Some people don't have anyone to enjoy or bicker with, right? Mm -hmm. so, or, you know, I remember when I was complaining about my mom when I was 15 and 16, and a friend of mine said, bro, I don't want to hear that. I lost my mom. Different perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Makes mm -hmm. me think, like, what you talking about? I don't have a mom no more. She passed away. Yeah. So systems theory, right? Perspective. Enjoying mm -hmm. what you have to appreciate it to potentially get what you deserve and want. Yeah. And I think that's, it's just beautiful when you can come from that place. I'll also say, I think the magic is enjoying it, appreciating it, having gratitude for what's really in your life. You can be in that state and process emotion from a fight with your partner and be like, this really sucks right now. But I also know deep down the truth is that I love and enjoy this person. So it's allowing emotions to come up because your experience with your mom at 16 for your perspective, for your life experience was totally valid, right? But it's allowing ourselves to emotionally process things while seeing the zoomed out bigger picture here and what's really, really important. And, and you're right, because it's all, life is just perspective. It's all yeah. about perspective. But a perspective I do want to hear from you, because I got my questions. I, ain't, we ain't, I can't let you get out of this without telling us, because you said something about uh, entrepreneurs uh, making their mental health priority or how they can do that. And then there's something about um, you said uh, having an effective plan to promote your brand or business through podcasting. So can mm -hmm. you speak to that and kind of, you know, piggyback and kind of transfer into like emotional and mental health for entrepreneurs and how that makes sense? Yeah, you know, mental health in entrepreneurship, as I said earlier, is the reason I'm successful in business. Yeah. If you look around, you know, right now, so many people who have the resources, the education, the financial backing the experience to go and launch their dream today. But they're not because of imposter syndrome, fear, anxiety, not self-love. So really what's holding most people back from starting a business and succeeding in a business is the fear around having to tackle and understand their mental health, their shadow work, their trauma, their, their toxic patterns, etc. So if you want to be in business to let's just say you want to be in business to literally just make money. That's great. 
And the one thing that's going to get in your way is your emotional strength. So for me, I was looking around at the market on all these books. There's books on how to make sales. There's books on how to create funnels. There's books on how to be a good leader and hire appropriately, et cetera. But what we're all going through as entrepreneurs is emotional challenges every single day. I say in my book, you can curate your social media. That makes you a social media director. You can close a sale. That makes you a sale director. But walking through the fire, through the emotional fire, makes you an entrepreneur. Uh, so uh. that's the difference between being a VP or a creative director or a social media manager, et cetera, and being the entrepreneur. Because my team goes and we have set it up, et cetera. But guess who gets the call when something goes seriously wrong? I do. And so for me, that's why I was looking at all these women, especially in my age, and they were about to start businesses. And I was so excited for them. And I didn't want to be like, warning, this is going to be very emotional and tough. So I wrote The Emotional Entrepreneur as this support system. It's a guide. It helps them come back to how to kind of change from scarcity mindset to abundance, how to understand uncertainty, how to act despite fear, how to manage anxiety, and how to set yourself up with morning routines, night routines, loving yourself, et cetera, so that you can pursue your dreams and walk through that fire every single time, head fire. held high. <laughs> it's fire. Yeah. And I think that is so, you got to be able to take the hits. I don't know what movie that's from. You got to be able to take the hits and move on. That's mm -hmm. life, right? It's life. But it's not, we said, it's not how hard you get hit. It's about how many times you can hit and keep going, like, but it's so true in a sense of, uh, I remember having my podcast with Podcast One like three years ago, and my show producer was saying, I don't want this guest on, and I don't want this, and I don't want that. I said, I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate what you're saying. But I said, at the end of the day, when this podcast is no longer here, or something goes wrong, they're not calling you. It's not your name attached to it. It's mine. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate what you think and don't think. That's what I think, right? <laughs> and at the end of the day, I got, and then like six months later, I had one on, did a show and came back and they dropped me out of nowhere. She didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> she yeah. didn't have to discuss and tell people like, yeah, that's what happened to your podcast, right? And so mm -hmm. I had to deal with it. And when you learn how to take L's and take the hit and embrace it, even though it's uncomfortable, you learn like, okay, this is part of life. This is what it's about. Let's move forward and figure it out. And now I've probably got like, I did 21 episodes of Podcast One. Shouts out to them. Uh, at the time, you know, they gave me an opportunity. I'm probably got like, you know, another 20 on my own, right? And yeah. just using social media and however I use it. So you just never know what you are able to do until you go through that fire, right? You go Amen. Um, but yeah, I really want you to kind of like talk about using podcasting to build your business and platform because that's something was interesting because I ran into some guy on YouTube who has some type of uh, system where he just sends a person on like 50 podcasts, like, like interviews to promote their business. And he said, eventually mm. email is eventually if you have products, you get sales. And it's, so what is your uh, take on that? And how do you see it? And what's your perspective on using a, a podcast platform to increase, enhance and promote your business? How does that look? Podcasting gave me my career, yeah. hands down. Uh, in my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, every single lesson is opened by a past OKSYS guest. And these are women that three years ago 
there's no way I thought I'd be in the room with. Dr. Sheila Nazarian from that from the Netflix show is quoted in there. Incredible influencers like JC Marie is in there. It goes on and on and on. And when I launched this book, they rallied behind me because of the connections I made having them on my podcast. You know, Eric, we can attest right now. You and I, if I ever saw you in person, we already have a relationship because of what we're doing right here. Yeah. If you want to network in your career, traditionally, you would go to conferences, meetups, online groups, etc. Or you can start a podcast and have an intimate, vulnerable, real conversation with someone for yeah. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. There is no way in any alternate reality that at that stage in my life, I could have emailed the women that were coming on my podcast and been like, can you go to coffee? I really like you. Can you come to dinner with me? Right? But when I asked, can you come on my podcast? They said yes. And so as a podcaster, if you're thinking about becoming a podcaster, using it to network is one, like my sister and I always say podcasting is a scam. Someone's going to figure this out that like (laughs) all of our girl crushes and our role models all the time. But if you have a podcast, that's one strategy hosting your own. It's great for brand building creating a really, really authentic, vulnerable relationship with your community. You know, Instagram's amazing, but it's a couple seconds, maybe a couple minutes a day of you, where a podcast is really in-depth, long-form talking. It's, it creates a connection unlike any other medium. And I always say, don't go into podcasting to make money because the ROI, if you don't choose to figure out ads, is so much greater. So they're starting a podcast, which provides your uh, community a space to really get to know you. It opens the door to garnering up and creating an amazing network that is not just built on professional courtesies or seeing someone at a networking event, but real, real human connection. And then you can start to be a guest on podcasts, which is what I really, um, you know, said was the real new form of PR because you can have a product, let's say it's a protein shake and it can be in Men's Health Magazine and that's amazing, right? Yeah. But if you hear the founder on a podcast for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, they have created a bigger imprint in your mind and your subconscious and, and, you know, et cetera. In this world, we're literally trying to gain people's attentions in three seconds. Somehow podcasting has people's attentions in a deep, deep way for up to an hour a week. It's a human connection that builds community that is so wild to me in an age where things are fast and content is spilled out so quickly and we see how many photos a day as we're scrolling. So if you are a founder, if you have a product, a course, a mission, a story to tell, a book, I believe that getting as a guest on a plethora of podcasts, which is a strategy we work really closely with with our clients at Scott's Agency, is the most human and vulnerable way to create community and spread your message. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I get so many inter- interviews just to talk, whatever it is. Yeah. I actually got a, you know, I had a book that's been out, the digital copy's been out for, for almost a year, but now I'm about to do physical copy. So I'm about to go and get on a few shows. Awesome. Talk the intentions and the space that I created in. And it's just beautiful. Like even talking to you, it's like you're the owner of Scouts Agency. These women have been hitting me up. I didn't mean the whole time. You're the owner. So <laughs> here we go. Um, so where can we get the book, The Emotional mm-hmm. Entrepreneur? Where is it? Is it Amazon? Did you have it on your website? How do we get your book? 
Yeah, you can get it on Amazon or you can just click on my Instagram at Scott Sobel. The link in the bio will send you directly there to purchase it. So and what else do you have coming up? What uh, what are you working on? What can people find? I know we on Instagram with Scott Sobel. Are you on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn? What's the podcast that you, you know, I know it's OK Sis podcast. Yeah. And then Scout's podcast, right? Yeah. So OK Sis podcast is between me and my sister Mads. And yeah. we interview different female entrepreneurs, lifestyle, pop culture, mental health, all the things. So it's a little bit more of a silly, unfiltered view of what it feels like to be with your family, having great conversations. So you can go there. Scout podcast, which um, has had like a month hiatus after my book launch as I kind of like recalibrate my mind, is launching again next week. And that's solo episodes about the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship. And I'm starting to bring on guests as well. So Eric, you have to come on my podcast. Um, and <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on LinkedIn, but Instagram's like the best place where I yeah. put all my content out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your intellect. Thank you for your power, um, your vulnerability. And um, this was a phenomenal episode with a lot of wisdom and, and, and spiritual gems and all those things. And shouts out to all the business owners, entrepreneurs, um, women in business. Uh, shouts out to all the women in the world. We need our women, you know, as much as we need our men. I always say it's a man's world, but it's a woman's universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love together that. Together we yeah. can win. We can win it. So, um, thank you once again. If, you. Before we leave, if, can you just give us some inspirational motivation and just a few words that the people can take and you know and enjoy the rest of their day and evening? Yeah. If there's something that you're thinking about doing, I invite you to end the thinking and take one step of execution today. Wow. That that was the, 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 that was profound. <laughs> It's like, what can you say to that? Thinking <laughs> about something you want to do, I think you should end the thinking and just one step. Teaching mm -hmm. a, a, a exercise program, and I'm just telling people to just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. That's it, right? That's it. Stop thinking, and we're just going to raise our hands today. Yeah, simple baby steps. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. that was powerful. This will be up on my page. Uh, it'll be on my uh, podcast in a few weeks. I'll send you the details. Thanks for everything. You're Thank amazing. Thank you, Eric. Have a wonderful day. Stay empowered. The emotional entrepreneur, Scott. So we're out. Thank you, Eric. Bye. Right, no problem. You're welcome. Peace.